0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
1: Before you put on this record,
2: understand this is for all of my ancestors who were raped, who were killed, and hung because of their plight for freedom
3: and for dignity. They died for me, and they died for you. This is for them to know that, yes, even today, we are still fired up, and we're still talking about revolution
4: you've been
2: the hip-hop classic group Arrested Development, and that was followed by Depeche Mode, Where's the Revolution? Peace and welcome to Abolition Today, a weekly syndicated online radio program with a specific focus on modern slavery as it is practiced through the 13th Amendment of the U.S. Constitution and by for-profit prisons worldwide. We air live every Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central, and 4 Pacific. Live streams and archived podcasts are available at abolitiontoday.org, and we're also on all major podcast platforms. Uh, My name is Yusuf Hassan. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Max Parchus. Peace, Max.
5: Peace, Brother Yusuf. I'm over here in Sumter, South Carolina at the Paul
2: Cuffee Abolitionist Center,
5: streaming live with you.
2: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So uh, last week, Max and I were pleased to welcome ACA3 co-author Samuel N. Brown. And we discussed with him his experiences after uh, spending 24 years in incarceration. And then we asked him the question, what is freedom? Make sure you check into that uh, podcast if you didn't catch it last week. And, you know, people are always asking us, if changing the Constitution is symbolic, specifically talking about uh, repealing and replacing the exception clause from the 13th Amendment. And then they also want to know, well, what's next? So we're here to answer those questions clearly. Now, you may not like the answers you're going to get, you know, what you're going to learn today as we bring the mathematics, but uh, we're going to answer the questions. And then that's also we're going to be dripping with music, poetry, news, views and the voices of the ancestors. We also have a special interview with a uh person that's uh incarcerated on Rikers Island courtesy of Tag Harmon from Rootin Branch, New York. So, uh that's going to be coming up shortly and before we get into all of that, Max, tell us what you think about the opening track and how has been your week? Uh well,
5: Man, that track I thought was It said a lot That was 1992 Arrested Development Talking about, we still talking about revolution And here we are right. now in 2022 And we're waiting for the revolution Where's the revolution? You know, I keep looking at these revolutionaries Like people look at the second coming of Jesus now Like it may never happen You're just forever waiting for it to happen You you can spend your life preparing for a revo- revolution That never comes um, and Martin said that we have in america is the only country that you can have a bloodless revolution. Malcolm said that, right and here we right. are <laughs> like here we are right now right here, speaking to you live from abolitiontoday.org about the actual revolution that is occurring, setting the seeds for complete change. Um, as far as this week has been concerned, man i have it's been one of the busiest weeks, but I expect 2022 is going to be like that every week. Uh, two highlights right. I just want to talk about real quick. Uh, I, I uh, testified in Vermont uh, a few, couple of days ago for their final committee hearing, on PR2, uh, Proposal 2, which will remove the exception clauses from their constitution, which has been there since 1777. Vermont is the first state to introduce an exception to slavery, and not only did they bring in one, they had three exceptions <laughs> for children, uh, people over 18, for the uh, bills, not paying your bills. You could be a slave in Vermont for not paying your bills. So they removed right. that, the grandfather of the exception clauses, and I was blessed to get a letter literally the day before, but not even the day before, I had one night, so I looked at my email the night before and it said, good afternoon. Madam Chair Copeland Hemsworth invites you to testify via Zoom before the House Committee on Government Operations regarding proposal amendment to the Constitution of the State of Vermont. Subject, Declaration of Rights Clarifying the Prohibition on Slavery and Indentured Servitude. I expected, you know, it would happen. I didn't know that it would happen like we'll tell you the night before, but that's how they do it. But it was a hell of a uh, testimony. We had, uh, Mark Hughes, who's been a guest here, and he's the lead organizer in Vermont. He testified. Uh, a few people from the church, uh, pastors, leaders testified. The representatives testified. It was very powerful. We only had one uh, person speak, basically against the effort, and that was a professor who was a teacher by the name of Teach Out. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Professor Teach Out, <laughs> and he was telling us how it was all a waste of time. Uh, but the counter testimony <laughs> just blew out of the water. It was very powerful. And then the next day, I think that happened. So that happened Thursday. And then Saturday, we brought you in to our state operations meeting for the Abolished Slavery National Network, and you broke down for them exactly how the Thirteenth Amendment clearly is no protection whatsoever for slavery when it's done by the state. You're
2: yeah, uh <laughs> I was going to ask you a couple of questions about about Vermont before you jumped Feel into free. that. But uh, yeah, so I, I I was really curious as to how it was received by the assembly.
5: Um they were very impressed with what we had uh done collectively. Um and me in particular <laughs> the next day or that night, rather they had another meeting. Uh, for the people who participated and then they played my testimony in its entirety all over again um you know I, I went off the top i didn't have a chance to write anything but i know enough about vermont and this issue to be able to speak on it and so i gave them what knowledge i have and uh, uh yeah I, I, you know me man <laughs> you, you know how i roll i'll put that bill right. up. We'll put the video up on abolition today so you can see all the testimonies in their entirety. These are historic moments, like amazing historic moments that you really should at least see, you know, even if you're not physically a
2: part of it or, or even supporting it, at least
5: see so you know this is
2: happening. Hey, Max, your, ma- your mic is going in and out.
5: <laughs> oh, okay, there we go. That should do it right there.
2: Keep
5: talking. Is that better?
2: Yes.
6: All
5: right.
2: Yes. No, that's that's uh, that's great. Uh, I wanted to also see. Uh, well, one, I was going to say, just from personally knowing you, I think you do some of your best work when you do it off the top of your head. <laughs> that's you know, that's just me on the outside looking in. I don't know what it feels like on your end when you have to do it off the top of your head, but I, I have a like ritual I go out. through
5: when I do that off the top. I will uh, pray and also ask for the ancestors to guide my voice.
2: And it always comes out great. So uh, thanks for that update. Now, when it comes to uh, uh, the presentation that I did yesterday with the Abolished Slavery National Network State Operations, I mean, first and foremost, it was an honor to be invited in, you know, to do that presentation because I'm thinking, you know, maybe they have – Many more people that were more qualified than me, but, you know, state operations didn't believe, so they believed that I was the best person for the position, and, you know, I believe I delivered. I got great feedback on it, and as you just mentioned, I mean, it came down to that through my research that I've come to the conclusion that the 13th Amendment and its exception clause was only intended for the individual. It was never intended to go against And so that's why, you know, as many things that we've uh, chronicled throughout our broadcast of different situations happening, just like recently down in New Mexico, I believe, there was some, you know, private group that was uh, basically kidnapping uh, immigrants and taking them at gunpoint and forcing them to work fields, you know, and uh, harvest fruits and vegetables, and that group got indicted for doing so. But yet we take the people to the house down in Alabama or that that were at uh, Angola, and during the pandemic, they were forced at gunpoint to go work the fields. And that's just business as usual because the 13th Amendment allows it to do so. So we have that clear distinction, and that helps with, with our strategies after that so we know how to approach it.
5: I think you had a powerful presentation. We're going to, at one point, play in its entirety here on Abolition Day so we can educate our listeners as well. But at this point, we felt it important that the uh, activists across the country have this information under their belt, and now they do. Uh, So they're very clear on the circumstances. We're about one minute away from bringing in our guests and Tag Harmon. I just want to let you guys know that if you're – on the line right now, please press one on your keypad so that we know it's you. A lot of people call in just to listen from their phone. So uh, just so we know it's you, press one tag and uh, the brother from Rikers on your keypad. Um, and until we see those ones come up, we uh, can be sure. There we go. <laughs> I see the hand raised up. Awesome. All right. So, yeah, man, we're going to play that in its entirety here on this program and uh break it down for you on a special broadcast dedicated to just that. I think we had about a 30-minute presentation on that, was it, Yusuf?
2: Oh, wow. I don't know how I even muted myself. But, yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I'm really looking forward to it.
5: Awesome. All right. Well, with that being said, let's go ahead and stick to our time schedule and bring in Brother Tag Harmon from Root & Branch. Uh, out of New York, uh, Tag, you're here with us once again on Abolition Today, and uh, you will be leading an interview. Will you tell us a little bit about it, and then, uh, if your callers, would you go ahead and bring them in?
7: Yeah, ha- happily. Uh, peace, everyone. It's Tag here, and greatly appreciate being on Abolition Today again. Um, yeah, so the the brother has not called yet. Uh, he he's slated to call any moment now. And so then we'll be able to connect him in.
5: All right. Uh, Well, in the meantime, feel free to join in the conversation with us that we were just having in regards to the exception clause of the 13th Amendment uh, being uh, placed there to provide legalities, whereas the individual could no longer own people, but the state could. That was the transition that happened in eighteen fifty five where the state took over for what the individual was doing. So now it's being used to prosecute individuals like the case that uh Yusuf just described, uh, where, you know, immigrants are being forced to work at gunpoint but prisons are getting away with it Scot Free because it can't be used to prosecute the state. Hey,
2: Max, I'm seeing all kinds of new numbers pop up on the board. So if the The person that's supposed to call in and interview with Tag, if you're on the line, please press 1 so we know to uh, add you to the conversation, and then you and Tag can go ahead and get uh, that discussion going.
5: Tag, what's the brother's name? Dr. Stewart. Dr. Stewart. Uh, You want to tell us a little bit about his case um, while we wait for him to call in?
7: Yeah without a doubt so Dr. Stewart been in touch with him for some years now he had done a lengthy uh, bid in prison slavery uh, prior to all of this nonsense that he's currently under and uh, you know he'll he'll be able to better speak to all of that himself but did did 20 plus years uh b- before being released and then less than a year um after finally coming home and you know doing all of the necessary work that it entails to get back to some kind of non-enslaved uh, existence out here uh just snatched up uh, once more beh- behind some very absurd uh, circumstances and so again you know he'll he'll elaborate on all of that um, ideally any minute now and you should be it should be a 646 number um on the I on the line. Six,
5: we're and, let me see if I can bring him in. Maybe he didn't hear us say raise your hand. Uh eight four oh one, you are on air abolition today. Is this uh the brother from
7: Rikers? You you know what? Matter of fact, uh pardon, this that's a that's a different number for All for right, now Yeah, for now, um we're looking for a three four seven number. And um I'm in I'm in contact uh with, with his contact and uh, I haven't seen any update about him having called yet. Uh so so he's supposed to link us in to the call and and again that'll be a a, a three four seven number. All right.
2: Right. Yeah, we know how we know how it goes. <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> we've I'm, had twenty people have to call in and this is one of the uh the downsides you know, or one of the effects of everything that happens.
6: Absolutely. There's two questions
2: that I really want to get in tonight, uh,
5: and uh, I guess maybe we can start with one of them in the beginning. uh, If we need to talk more about it after the interview, we will. The first question that comes up is, is this symbolic? Okay, uh, you know, I'm always going to keep it real. (laughs) We're talking about changing the constitutions of every state in this country as well as the federal constitution. Now, if you're listening to Abolition Today right now, do me a favor, if you uh, see this as symbolic, uh, tell me exactly where else in the Constitution is something that's only symbolic? Just, just anywhere. What else is symbolic in the entire U.S. Constitution? Of all those rights that we have, the 27 amendments, the Bill of Rights, which one of those do you think is symbolic? Is it the First Amendment, the Second, the Twelfth, the Fourteenth? None of it is symbolic. We're talking about the uh, the what is the supreme laws of the land and when you change the supreme laws of the land guess what happens and yesterday in our uh in our state operations meeting uh, it was spoken out for us very clearly on the legal level showing the court cases uh that the, the way that this is being presented by the US is that they want to be able to practice slavery and human trafficking without being prosecuted they're not going to prosecute themselves themselves and they didn't set into position any type of amendment that would allow people to prosecute them <clears throat> There, the 13th amendment is set up to protect from slavery by the individual not by the state and case after case has shown us that so there's nothing symbolic about this at all there are symbolic gestures that we see happening for instance when uh, they apologized for Black Wall Street being burnt. That was symbolic because it didn't change a damn thing. Right. Uh, the, right. We heard about an attorney general who's about to go in and reverse like fifty-eight different Jim Crow laws. That don't change anything either. That's also very symbolic. It's just saying, you know, we recognize right. that we did it, and we're just going to erase those. So you know, it never happened. Um, those are symbolic right. gestures. Changing our constitution is not symbolic. You.
2: You're absolutely right, and I was just going to add uh, the pardoning of Homer Plessy, and they're also looking to pardon Marcus Garvey. But when we look at the Constitution and we say, you know, no one said – was it a symbolic gesture when uh, we uh, go ahead and get the 19th Amendment? You know, was women's suffrage uh, symbolic? Uh, Right. Right. When the twenty first amendment came and, you know, it they made uh selling alcohol and transporting alcohol legal, no one was talking about, oh, that's just gonna be symbolic. It made real change, whether or not you drink alcohol or whether or not you vote, but it made substantial change. And now we're talking about ending slavery. And I don't right. understand how people could even have in their mindset that it's only a symbolic gesture. That's the part that I'm confused about. This how does you know, and I wish, you know, I had a chance to sit down with someone like that and just see where their mindset is, because it, does, it defies logic. When you're talking about ending slavery, and we've pointed out, we had an entire season dedicated to badges and incidents of slavery, and the entire season we covered all of the badges and incidents of slavery that are going on, not only just in the jails and prisons, but also on the streets. And so I don't see how someone can say that's symbolic, just getting rid of that.
7: So I'm, I'm seeing have... that. This... Yes? Oh, I was just looking to say I'm seeing these brothers are on the line. I don't know if they've pressed one yet, but it's uh, if... we'll to catch
5: if, me, if you hear us,
7: so that we know what's your number. We've got a lot of numbers up here. On
5: our... So still waiting for the, that. I just make this last statement in the meantime is that what we're about to do is change the way the law is structured. Right now, the United States is protected from being prosecuted for slavery. That's how the 13th Amendment is set up, so that the U.S. as a government, as a state, can get away with freaking slavery and genocide. If you remove that protection, then you've got a lot of things you can do after that. So that's what we're doing, removing that protection so that slavery is abolished in any form for any organization, group, business, person, government. It doesn't matter. Anyone cannot practice slavery in this country. That's where we're going with it. And that's never happened before. They've gotten away with it all this time. And that's what's making them very nervous and turning us basically into a threat to white supremacy. All right. Do you? Uh, let me see. I'm looking for this number. What you said, the, the first three? The, the Wait, he COVID said season? three,
2: four, seven.
7: Yes, it's I three, four, four seven, seven. Seven, seven, one would be the next two digits.
5: I got you. All right, three four seven, can you hear us? You're on abolition today with Max Parthas, you yes. Sean, and Tag Harman. All right, welcome welcome to the program. I will pass the mic to Brother Tag Harmon.
7: Greatly appreciated mm-hmm. once mm-hmm. again. And uh great to speak to you again, Doctor Stewart. And I know that the time is running, so I just wanna jump right into it. Uh we we did just briefly discuss, you know, what's going on with you, the fact that you're you're inside for now going on three years inside of Rikers. So if you could just please introduce yourself and if you could, the, the topic right now we're talking about is, is slavery uh, based on the 13th Amendment exception clause, is it symbolic? And so as somebody that's experienced this uh, to a great degree like yourself and who's currently inside of Rikers, which is just, under you know just torturous conditions there could you speak to this question of is is slavery uh is, is symbolic or is, it, it, or is it, it what we're saying oh, is, is removing
5: it. the exception to slavery in the
7: constitution only symbolic mm-hmm. no no doubt and and if you could if you could also speak generally about the conditions where you are right now i know head's been on hunger okay, hunger well, strikes for days
8: and him and here specifically, Rackers Island and KC is worse than slavery, because now they use our own people to enslave us, and they pay them to keep us enslaved. I, for one, I promote black law enforcement, but one of the main reasons that we got equal rights wasn't just so blacks have the same opportunity as whites, but so blacks come on the inside and help us on the inside. But now they made this big business, because now... One inmate has 10 jobs, the cops to arrest you, the correctional officer to hold you, the lawyers to represent you, this attorney prosecute you, the judge to rule over your case and hold you, the bailiff to keep court order when you break food for being railroaded, the court clerk to keep the records, the stenographer to allegedly record everything said, the transport division to bring you back and forth to court and chains, African nurses and doctors in here that give you ibuprofen, everything from a broken jaw to coronavirus. It's... It's slavery all over again. they just getting paid for it now. This thing here, I'm listening. Uh, No, I I just
5: wanted to ask a question, too. I thought you were done at that moment, but go ahead and continue.
8: I can't hear you.
5: I said I I had a question, but I didn't realize you weren't done. I thought you were done, so go ahead and continue, and I'll ask you. Okay, I'm I'm
8: done. I'm I'm ready for a question.
5: Um, You are in the same place that Khalif Browder was in, where he committed suicide after they let him out after being unjustly incarcerated and in there for three years uh, without being charged with anything, uh, trying to force him through a plea deal. That, first of all, is unconstitutional. Uh, The Sixth Amendment guarantees you the right to a fair and speedy trial, which is generally seen as about a year. And you're three times longer than that being in there right now, meaning that they've already stripped you of your rights and denied you your constitutional rights. Is that correct?
8: I've been in here for 34 months without trial and violation of my Sixth Amendment rights, CPL 3030, Khalif's Law, and the U.S.-United States case versus, versus Henning, which says whether civil unrest, whether the coronavirus, or even a terrorist attack, nothing circumvents the United States Constitution, but still a lot of us are here two, three, four years with no trial.
5: And if I remember correctly, the price tag for incarcerating you at Rikers Island is over $340,000 a year. Is that correct, or are or Yo, you not sure?
8: That's, that's correct, because remember, one inmate creates over 10 jobs. Right. So one this is big business. This jobs. is what they're doing.
5: Using you to generate this revenue in a place that was already deemed unconstitutional to begin with back in 2015. And in 2021, when they... Uh, sent more council people back to visit. They said it's worse now than it was then. we even even seen gotta videos come the out. you got to remember
8: the history.
9: Go
8: ahead. Remember the history of Rikers Island. This was once a slave plantation by Judge Riker who used the, the Fugitive the Slave Act to snatch our people up and enslave them here. And the reason why it's so violent is because a lot of our ancestral spirits are here and they're unrested. It's so much like well, I'm about to expose could get me killed, but I'm gonna expose this. There's no contact visits, but there's more drugs in here than there's in the streets. Cause police are bringing the drugs in. It's fifty dollars a cigarette, so you make one thousand dollars of one pack of cigarettes. It's over eight gang wars raging. Police promote the violence, so. So they would view us as as being super violent. Prison guards ignite the fuses. Inmates, we don't have keys to open these cell houses. So when a crib house is in the hallway going to medication, all of a sudden accidentally a blood house is open, and now it's a mad rush where it's massive stabbings and cuttings. We're supposed to be separated, but they put us in the same bullpen when we go to court or when we go on visits, and they place bets. It's one prison guard for a whole house unit, both sides, 30 on one side, 30 on the other. No floor officer check on us in the units. If a guard doesn't like you, he'll say you're a rapist and put you in a blood house, or he'll say you're a child molester and put you in a trying to die of your house and try to get you hurt. We have no contact visits at all, and everyone in here has coronavirus. I just got over the virus because guards are come and go in here and ragged in hand to our food with no masks, gloves, hair nets, which is how we all got sick from the COs, which is why brothers is on a hunger strike right now. I haven't had mental health services, outside recreation, or law library services in over two years. Three one one complaints don't work, grievances aren't even acknowledged, we have no cleaning supplies, no masks, no sanitizers, no help at all. It's rapes and murders unreported, the average of five outside ambulance runs for serious stabbings, constant overdoses, people being blinded from bear repellent, which is called O'Learch and capital coming to using us. And they're performing illegal cavity searches on us, making us bend over at the waist, spread our butt cheeks so they can look inside our cavities and pre- as a pre trial detainee this is illegal. I had See a psych almost after every search because it hurts so much. It's it, it's it's destroying us. It's water bugs, ants, mice, gnats. Our mail is being destroyed. They're giving our mail to other inmates just to promote beef. And they, we don't even have same names. There's no neutral housing units. Prison guards put bloods and bloods, crips with crips, black kings with black kings, and. Trinitarios with Trinitarios. So when you go in there and you're neutral, it's you against 29 other gang members. So it's sad. And, like, the only remedy is to close this down. Politicians, they say they come to Rackets Island and see the conditions they we, we complain about. But I, I haven't seen not one. And I've been here for 34 months. And I've been on Rackets Island, Island all this time. I haven't seen not one politician. And I'm where we're hurting the most. In AMKC, the Methadone building, where it's more deaf than anywhere else on Rackets Island.
5: There's certainly a constitutional crisis happening where you're being subject to Eighth Amendment violations, cruel and unusual punishment. You're being denied your Sixth Amendment right, being incarcerated in a pretrial unit for nearly three years now, and uh, there's nothing being done about it. Uh, There was news came out just Christmas Eve, as a matter of fact, where they even let somebody go who was so brutalized from the fight clubs that are going on now in Rikers Island. And they have video where they were planning those out, and also where the officers were saying that they're letting the inmates run the prison because they're so short staffed. And we see how that's turning my out. Where any day Joe you're in broken. here is a risk of your life.
8: My jaw was broken by the riot squad, and then it was refracted on August ninth on the bus where they sprayed us and left us on the bus overnight. A lot, of, a lot of people are here because it's what's called the unclean hands doctrine that's being violated. People in the streets, they get swindled for drugs and then say they got robbed for a cell phone and they're putting people through the system. In my case, it's a, it's a police officer named Christopher Jennings. He has 23 lawsuits against him for false arrest. He's still a part of the force. He's sending black people to jail consistently just to promote his career. And we got this new police commissioner. She had to look into these issues. All these Eric Adams the new DA in Alvis Bragg in Manhattan, these, these people are blessed to be put in these positions to help. So now they got to make a difference and do their job.
5: Man. All right. Well, uh, from the tag, uh, we're coming up towards the, the almost the end of our segment. We've got about six minutes. So,
9: you have uh, one minute left.
5: Uh, brother, only got one minute left. <laughs> right. Wow! Right. Any comments from you, Doctor?
8: No, but I can I can call back. I still have another call. Okay. Right. Res- respect. Well, about- so,
7: go ahead. Okay. Yeah, maybe maybe within this last minute, could you just give a quick outline of your case and what is wow. needed at How this was- moment?
8: I was arrested in 2019 for the alleged robbery of uh, a cell phone and a pack of cigarettes from two well-known drug dealers. The 911 report says that the person who did it had a ski mask, yet they identified me, saying they were 1,000% sure six days later in the precinct. I was in a whole other state when it happened. I sent pictures of me to the judge, the DA that I was another state. My codify made statements that he did this with someone else and, and named the other person and I'm still here. They threatened and, and, and pillaged and plundered my Alibi witnesses' homes who lived in other states, threatened them. They they sexually assaulted these people. Thank you and for
7: using Securus,
8: so Goodbye. And, and so
7: you, <laughs> yeah. But and he but he yeah. said he could call back. I I'm just wondering about uh, about how many more, more minutes um, y'all got, have because I
8: know
7: you have other sections. Yeah,
2: yeah. We, now, we, we, I'm, we, we I'm just, just thinking of how. Of yeah, I'm I'm just thinking of how people say, uh, removing the exception clause is symbolic. When we just heard the extortion, we just heard a live extortion just happen on the air when security right. just hung the phone up from on him and told him basically, unless you give us some more money, then this is it for your phone call. No, the
8: phone calls are free.
2: All right. They're okay. free now. Oh, right. Okay. That's right. I think it was last. Oh there. yeah, yeah.
9: Red That's on, right. Red Red now, yeah. It free now. You yeah. only
2: get the yeah. You only get the six minutes, but Securus is still is still running it. So there's money being exchanged somewhere. It's the just not. Right. Yeah. So it's definitely yeah, right, right money
8: involved. Legally right, calls are free. The upstate calls cost.
2: Right. Got you. Yeah, it's, All right. I haven't been on Rikers Island since the 90s, thank God. Who
5: is that we're listening to at this point?
2: This is the person he's probably calling through? Yes. Yeah, because yes. he wouldn't be able to call us directly. The one, you know, the Rikers Island couldn't call the 515 area code
5: Uh yeah, like, how is this symbolic, man? We're looking at real slavery happening in real time where they're hunting people, criminalizing them, railroading them, and putting them into Rikers Island, a hellhole on Earth that everybody's familiar with, where every moment is a risk to your life, and extorting them for three hundred and forty or $350,000 a year per person. And the shame of it all is most of the guards in Rikers Island, from what I understand, is black guards. So, you know, so that's right. why I say it don't help us to have black slave catchers. That doesn't help us. The system is a system of slavery. Just because we have black slave catchers don't make it no less of a system of slavery. And it's still a white supremacist system because that's just a small, minute uh, percentage of the number of prison guards and police.
7: In fact, Max, (laughs) that's him calling now. Okay, Okay. I was
2: going to say, when when I hear him talking about you know, you know the uh, fight clubs and all of these things, it just immediately makes me think of the buck breaking.
5: Well, let's give him these last few minutes to give us some information on how people can help him. And then what information right. we can, we'll put on our website so that uh, others can help, even just to bring light to this story, which is one of many uh, people being denied their rights. Uh, is Dr. Stewart back in yet? Yeah, that secure is it, probably putting all a, kinds of stuff. Yeah, it
2: takes a second. They gotta, you know, listen to the recording, <laughs> press one yeah. or five yeah. or whatever. Back okay, you're back. back on.
5: Right, Doctor Stewart, we have a few minutes okay. left. I want to give you this opportunity to tell people how they can help you uh, and whatever information you can provide. If we can get it on our website, we'll put it up too.
8: Okay. Now, number one, see with this case here. Like I said, they came forward, they violated the unclean hands doctrine. My co-defendant, he, before he even got locked up, he sent the video to the DA saying that it was a drug deal going bad. He gave these people fake money for drugs. And they went to the police because they didn't want to go to Connecticut. connect and say they were swindled by a drug addict. I had my first attorney ran around. She waived my right to testify on the grand jury. I fired her. The second attorney, James Phillips, tried to convince me to cop out the 20 years. The third lawyer... He didn't even know what I was locked up for. He said, you're going to fight the gun charges. I'm not even charged with a gun, so I fired him. This last lawyer, Jeffrey Chabrell, came to me as a private attorney, and I gave him $10,000 to represent me. Later on, we get the court papers showing that this man was assigned to me as an 18B attorney, so he committed fraud and robbery. I filed grievances with the grievance committee. They're still investigating it. I don't know what's going on. The the DA in this case named Matthew he he just, he threatened every witness in this case. He went to the, my alibi witness home in Massachusetts, a house I've never been to, destroyed her home, her car, and everything. The lawyer represented me. He didn't interview not one alibi witness. He didn't file not one motion on my behalf. He, he didn't even file a, a notice of appearance. So every proceeding he was in is supposed to be void. He doesn't come see me. He doesn't answer his phone. In fact, two letters I just wrote him came back returned the sender, so he changed his address. Social service supervisor here called him, left five five messages. I filed numerous grievances again, and social services filed grievances again. The ADA, he forged a letter to the housing saying that I was convicted of robbery to get my mother evicted from housing. So I had the right, all kind of congressmen and senators, to investigate that because my mother, she's sickly, she's almost 70, and she had corona and pancreatic cancer, so she couldn't go to court to fight that. So I wrote Senator Jamal Bailey, Senator Zelda Marie. I sent them photos of me in another state when the alleged crime took place. Manhattan Attorney um, Jennifer Parrish of uh, the Urban Justice Center, she presented the same evidence to the um New York Council members, all of them, in a meeting, and including the over 197 grievances I filed for the abuse and the condition I'm suffering around island. She also had a meeting with the Board of Corrections with my grievances. Still nothing happened. I wrote Al Sharpton of the National Action Network. He told me, send them $40,000, and they'd get me a lawyer to help me. My last court date, my attorney, he said he was sick. The, the, the date before that, he said he was on trial. My next court date now is January 26th. 2022, 100 Center Street, Part 81, 9 a.m. I'm asking people to show up, show some kind of support. One of my union members was in court, and the bailiff kicked him out of the court for taking notes. And when I asked the bailiff why he did that, he said, I don't want no faggots in my courtroom. I was so hurt. That he disrespected this man in this way Because this dude is like, he's part of my union And he's like a little brother to me And besides that, when I became a minister I learned not to judge people What two consensual adults do in their own personal life, that's their business And you don't judge nobody for that And the judge, he just shrugged it off And they do nothing about it I mean, Uh, this judge here Is allowing them to do everything they want to me And I need eyes in the courtroom I need... The news and the media in the courtroom, I need people to write to Alvin Bragg, the new DA in Manhattan, tell him to investigate this. I needed to write Eric Adams, tell him to investigate this. The, the, the administrative judge in New York County, tell him to investigate this. These people in these positions to help, I wrote them and got no response. Maybe getting a response from people on the outside, it would be different. I don't don't let another black man be railroaded and sent off to one of these slave because 'cause I'm facing twenty life for the least offence. Altogether I'm facing twenty years. They gave me four counts of robbery and four counts of burglary with the twenty five life for each count. And at my age, any time I'm state right now is a death sentence. I need help in every which way possible because well, if, this if is it's it's too be. much. I can't I can't do it. I just did too much time and they're trying to railroad me, and they're even trying to kick people out of the courtroom so nobody can witness what they're doing to me.
5: Dr. Stewart, they're not trying to railroad you. They are railroading you. and They, they are, are right. In a crime against humanity. Yeah. And if I, if I can, I want you to have one minute left. in a future date so that we can talk more about this. Uh, in the meantime, we're going to get as much of that information up on our website so that people can do what they can to be yeah, there, there on January
8: I'm in AKC. My number is three four nine one nine zero one nine three one. Please, brothers. It's, and I, I'm not the only one going through this. There's people in this unit that's been here for four or five years for right. Petty larceny. and all constitutional and, violations. Um, yeah,
5: all and, right.
8: and and nobody's doing nothing because if nobody comes to court. They do what they want to you. A lot of these people, brothers, they're illiterate. They, can't, they, can't, they don't know how to litigate. And then when you do write people, it goes on deaf ears. I wrote the governor, got no response. I mean, right. it's, it's ridiculous. Like, why are these people in the office if they're not going to help?
5: Dr. Stewart, I'm sorry to say this, but we have to get into our next segment. We are definitely on a time schedule okay. here. I tonight. thank you so much. God bless you all.
8: Thank I you. I'll get out there so See you all. Goodbye.
5: Peace, my brother. Well, you know, that sounds like something you would have heard Solomon. Northrop say while he was up in the south uh, being hustled into slavery. Uh, the same type right. of things he would probably have been talking about happening to him. How they're trying to rob him 40000 here, 10000 there, 50000 here, $5 there. All right, you know, it just reminds us of uh, just how lonely we are in this fight. Um, so let's go ahead and get into this track. And when we come back on the other side, we're going to continue in uh, with our program of Abolition Today at org, We'll be right back. Abolition. 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 I do my hey. dirt
4: up on my lonely. Find the pony. Pass the mask one deep year to only. Do or die. wish luck for the rooker? Rolling patrolling in the stolen black hooker. Do my dirt up on my lonely. I must make two honest confessions to you. My Christian and Jewish brothers. First, I must, must confess that over the past few years, I have been gravely disappointed with the white moderate. I have almost reached the regrettable conclusion that the Negro's great stumbling block in his stride toward freedom is not the white citizen's counselor or the Ku Klux Klaner, but the white moderate. Who is more devoted to order than to justice? Who prefers a negative peace, which is the absence of tension, to a positive peace, which is the presence of justice? Who constantly says I agree with you in the goal you seek, but I cannot agree with your methods of direct action? Who paternalistically believes? he can set the timetable for another man's freedom who lives by a mythical concept of time and who constantly advises the Negro to wait for a more convenient season. Shallow understanding from people of goodwill is more frustrating than absolute misunderstanding from people of ill will. Lukewarm acceptance is much more bewildering than outright rejection. I had hoped that the white moderate would understand that law and order exists for the purpose of establishing justice and that when they fail in this purpose they become the dangerously structured dams that block the flow of social progress. I had hoped that white moderates would understand that the present tension in the fight is the necessary phase of the transition from an obnoxious negative peace in which the Negro passively accepted his unjust plight to a substantive and positive peace in which all men will respect the dignity and worth of human personality. I
0: Abolition.
2: Abolition. 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 You just heard uh, Martin Luther King Jr., Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., The White Moderate is the Problem, and that was accompanied by Naughty by Nature's uh, instrumental track, Do My Gerardo by Maloney, and I'm feeling you on that one, Max.
5: Yeah, that was from his letter from Birmingham jail. You know, we keep being reminded that we don't really have a lot of allies in this fight. And we're being tortured and murdered and uh, brutalized and railroaded. And nobody seems to give a damn. They put us in buckets. You know what I mean? I was talking to you earlier about how they throw us in these damn buckets with everything else. Like, I want to look out for the rights of my non-white friends. What the hell does that even mean? You know how many different Mm -hmm. types of people... Has different issues that need specific attention and you just throw us all in a bucket like that. Like uh BIPOC is another one, or even POC. We went from being colored people to people of color, <laughs> you know? Right. We don't want to be in a bucket for us. This is the number one issue. That brother who just called in is talking about his life. His right. life is in danger moment by moment. And y'all playing around throwing him in some other shit. Exactly, I mean (laughs) I'm not part of the 99%, I'm part of the 13%, get it right
2: Get it right You know, uh, that letter from the Birmingham Birmingham County Jail You know, it should really be taught You know, instead of some of the things that they have taught in uh, English classes or literature classes They need to teach that That's that's one of the things that should be on the list, you know, right. because when it comes to cognitive dissonance or uh, I can't recall the other phrase, but double think, you know, you had Yeah, when you have someone sitting there and they're like, like he says, you know, when they're just thinking about, OK, uh, there's peace, so everything is going well. And that's enough. For many people But they're not looking at the injustice You know like Just hearing uh, The brother who just called in, And he's been going through that for Three years Then you heard what he said He said I'm just going to put it all out there It could cost me my life But I'm just going to put it all out there You know That's not peace He's looking He's not looking for peace He's looking for justice
3: And
5: freedom
2: You know And freedom. Exactly. Mm -hmm.
5: Yeah. So So. it's a horror story, man. And he laid it out, uh, Juan King Jr., laid it out right there in that speech. What the problem is, you keep uh, lowering the uh, priorities of issues that are about life and death with us and throwing them in these damn buckets with other stuff. Justice reform. (laughs) Prison reform. Right the racial aspects of this thing happening right now when we talked about rikers island that is like 90 something percent black inmates it's primarily all black uh prison guards it's like a damn uh a science project you got going on down there can we make slaves enslave themselves yeah right It's a, the, it's the new version of
2: this right the new version of the stanford prison uh experiment the new version. version. Let's and see what they'll do to themselves. It's like Lord so of I, the Flies.
5: So how is, any, how is ch- wanting to change that and putting in the legal processes change that in any way, shape, or form? Symbolic. You know, we took down the flag here in South Carolina after decades and decades of efforts. I was there personally making it happen, uh, and that was largely symbolic. But it was a good sim- symbolic. We took down the oppress his flag and his freaking capital that was a very good symbolic gesture even though it was still symbolic it let them know where were we going and look where we're at today in that fight as we continued on um there's nothing symbolic about changing a, a nation's constitution that is what the country right. uh, looks to for their laws supreme court is and, based and on one on simple on-
2: yeah sure I'm glad you brought up the flag because it it, it reminded me of something that I wanted to speak about briefly. Uh, The case that just got overturned in Tennessee where the jury was sitting in the jury room with all of the the racist memorabilia in there. And the Supreme Court said that that denied that man a fair trial. So it's not just – you can call it symbolic, but symbols mean things. Right. You know, symbol. Like, what does symbolic really mean? Like, what are you saying when you say it's symbolic? You know, there are things that are symbolic that really mean something, or they it, it changes things. It causes movements to to happen. You know, mm-hmm. and if when we get a chance to get to a track that I put together, I want to speak on something that people may say it was symbolic, but it completely changed an industry behind what happened
5: it yes. Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. We'll be playing that in a couple of minutes as a matter of fact. Uh we're squeezing in a few things today, uh, to cover these two questions and also make time for the interview that uh we had with Tag. Tag, you still there, right?
7: Hey, well, still here, out. still here, fam. I, I I was muted on the phone, but I'm still here and real quick, let me just shout out the GoFundMe for Doctor Stewart. I emailed it to you, brother Max. So just wanted to flag that real quick. But, yeah, I'm still oh, here. Shout it, out. shout it out. Oh, yeah, no doubt. So here's here's the short version. Um, The, the bit.ly for the GoFundMe is bit.ly slash shashajustice. Shasha is spelled S-H-A-S-H-A. So uh, ideally, uh, m- most of us are familiar with bit.ly, these shortened links. So they're, they're, you know, easier to remember, et cetera. So just, again, that's bit.ly B-I-T slash shasha justice. All
5: right. Um, and I'll All right. Thank you for answer. that. No doubt. Any commentary in regards to the symbology of removing the exception clause before we get into our uh, next track and then go to the next question?
7: Well yeah I'm I'm in full alignment Symbol, symbolism is extremely important and so it it kind of reminds me of when people are like oh well that's just semantics you know as though as though semantics is not you know an entire science that actually is meaningful in the world so yeah to say that something symbolic as a means of dismissing it uh makes no sense to me and furthermore it's not that I mean the The aim the what what they are looking to say by saying that it's only symbolic um furthermore just simply isn't so I mean, as you said, if we said that about all the laws, then you know <laughs> and, and what we're talking about is the very laws that put people up under prison slavery in the first place so so if laws codes you know constitutional amendments, et cetera are just symbols, then why are we? You know, or why are they? Why are these slavers enslaving people over symbols anyway? I guess symbols are important. Well, with us, what we're talking about isn't symbolic at all. It
5: literally, there's no symbolism. I mean, it could stand for symbolism. You could say the day they finally ended slavery, and that'd be a hell of a symbol. You know what I mean? You could make flags out it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's right. important is that it literally is changing the laws and allowing us to prosecute the state. For crimes against humanity that includes slavery and genocide and uh, involuntary servitude will have to come to a grinding halt, not prison labor. That's not what we're talking about because people sometimes want to work in prison, need to work. There's economies in prisons. What we're talking about is forced labor and slavery where you're railroading people, hunting them, capturing them in the street Brutalizing them, sometimes killing them before they ever ever get there, and then throwing them into hell holes that are complete violations of everything humane in the world, including constitutional violations of the Eighth and Sixth Amendment, that are happening to pre-trial detainees. You haven't even been convicted yet, so you don't even fall under the Thirteenth Amendment, where it says, "Except for prisoners duly convicted." You ain't even got to that part, and they're already treating you as a slave and denying you all your rights. Yusuf.
2: Exactly. You're absolutely right right there, Max. I, You know, I just concur. Just for the sake of time, I'll concur. All right. Well,
5: since uh, we are trying to push some a lot of stuff through tonight, let's go ahead and get into a mix that you made. Uh, it's a dedication, among other things, right, uh, to Sidney Fortier, right. who we, we just lost, as well as Cicely Tyson. Um, and you put together a UCF X. Uh, presentation so we'll go ahead and play that and when we come back on the other side we're going to get into the next question is which is what comes after removing what comes the after? you listen to Abolition Today with Max Parks and Yusuf Pesan we'll be right back after this
0: Abolition Abolition Today.
9: Well,
1: we don't want to take any more of your time,
9: Mr. cut. Why'd you two come here? To ask you about, Mr. Coburn. Let me understand this. You two came here question me. Well, your, your attitudes, Mr. Endicott, your points of view are a matter of record. Some people, well, let us say the people who work for Mr. Colbert might reasonably regard you as the person least likely to mourn his passing. We were just trying to clarify something. Was Mr. Colbert ever in this greenhouse? Say last night about uh, midnight. Good SP. Yeah. You saw it. I saw it. Well, what are you gonna do about it? But I could have had you shot.
6: A year later, Master Brian called us
8: all together. We knew something big was happening because he had all his best suit
9: and his top hat. Now, everybody that can stand crawl, can old. the crawl, got to hear That's all. All right, then. I got something to read to y'all. These papers come through while the war was still going, but... there wasn't any point in reading them. Whereas, on the 22nd day of September, in the year of our Lord, 1,862, a proclamation was issued by the President of the United States, containing, among other things, the following, to wit, that on the first day of January, in the year of our Lord, 1,863, all persons held as slaves within any state or designated part of a state, the people whereof shall then be in rebellion against the United States, shall be then, thenceforward, and forever free. Well, it just goes on like that. Now, all I want to say is that y'all can stay and work on shares. I, I, I can't pay you nothing. Since I ain't got nothing myself. Since then, the Yankees went through here last time. Y'all can stay. Y'all can go. Just as you please. Now, if, if y'all stay, I promise, I- I'll be as fair, as-, as fair with you, as I always been with y'all. Like that. Afraid the masquerade is over. the masquerade is over. It's only just a few of
3: us
6: left, hope. Oh. I have seen enough years to last two lifetimes. I don't mind seeing a few more though. He'll you know when to call me. When it calls me, I'll be ready. Abolition.
0: Abolition. 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 Abolition.
2: So that was uh, the the track was uh, David Porter's. I'm afraid the masquerade is over, and within the track you heard the slap that was heard around the world. This is referred to. It's the scene uh, from the in the heat of the night when Sidney Poitier, you know, slapped the white man, and that was followed by uh, I, I forgot the guy's name that was playing the role, but he was playing the slave master and he was reading to them about he was reading the Emancipation Proclamation, but if you heard him say, he said, I've had it for a while, but, you know, I didn't want to do it. You know, he basically just ignored it while the war was going on because he was holding out on hope that the South was going to win. And so then he got to the point where he realized he had to read it out to them. Uh The last portion also, all of that comes from the autobiography of Jane Pittman. It was one of my favorite films of Cicely Tyson's. And so that's why I put all of that together there, Max.
5: Um, There was a lot of visuals that uh, people should check out to see on there, like that slap from Sidney Poitier. Uh, And and that was a very uh, poignant moment uh, where he slapped him right back. And the old school racist said, you know, I could have got you killed for doing that. It was a time when I would have did that. And the cop right there acting like he don't know what he's going to do. I might kill him. I might not kill the big brother.
2: Right, well America when people talk about some, yeah, when people talk about symbolism, I mean, yeah, we could say that was a symbolic slap, but what happened after that? it started changing the roles that blacks were getting in Hollywood, you know they were getting starring roles and they were getting controversial roles, you know, because of that, it opened the door for it, and so you know, no one can say, well, that slap was symbolic. You know, they'll say, no, that slap was game-changing. You know, so if something as simple as that changed an entire industry, imagine what changing or removing slavery from the U.S. Constitution will do.
5: Um, and that's going into our next question, which is what comes after? Uh, let's, You know what? Before we get into it, let's open the door to uh, Brother Tag. What do you think, Brother Tag? What-
8: comes after this
5: if we remove the exception clause to slavery from state and federal
7: constitution what do you imagine would we'll come be able to do after this? what will come next uh, a lot more work a lot more organizing mobilizing uh, certainly a lot of work in the courts as we can already see from the examples of you know colorado uh, etc down the line so uh, just concisely put I, I would i would leave it there mad mad more work of the of the kind that we are doing um mm-hmm. but with that much more uh energy and uh, i certainly imagine that it would it would be a huge uh boost to the morale of abolitionists and uh you know to be abolitionists alike you know i should have thought of it a week ago but i didn't really until tonight and that is the speech
5: or the part of frederick Douglass's book is. Uh, autobiography where he explained what he had to do after the abolition of slavery as he knew it had already occurred. At one point he thought he could hang up his, his his boots and you know relax and live his life but he realized that black people were still being excessively repressed and oppressed and this amendment that they had put forth was trickery and so he had to not just work he had to double his efforts uh, after that in order to try to get justice And equality and a life away from racism and segregation. So yeah, it's going to be certainly going to be a lot of work left to do. There'll be some immediate changes like right there and that the moment that the paper is signed and the ink ain't even dry. One thing is going to happen for sure is you get your rights back as a US citizen. Because of the 13th Amendment, you're turned into property. You don't have any rights. The only rights that you're allowed, as Yusuf showed us yesterday clearly through the court cases, is those that are given to you through the state or the federal entity that houses you as a piece of property uh, for them to own and operate. So that's the first thing, is you get back your rights, or at least you should have your rights back, and they should be defended. Of course, the Second Amendment is going to be an issue. Prisoners with guns is just not going to work for nobody. <laughs> but those are things that can be discussed afterwards. Those are things that can be discussed afterwards. Nonetheless, you are now back to being a citizen. That includes the disenfranchisement uh, a system that we see in place where upwards of 10 million people can't vote. Uh, that will have to end because you're back to having your rights to vote. That includes your 14th and 15th amendments as a citizen with rights to vote. Uh, So those get returned to you. And that's instant. Like right now in Colorado inmates have their constitutional rights. And if they don't have those rights respected, they can sue for that. Um, And that's likely what's going to happen in the courts. A lot of suing is going to start going on. So that's the very first thing that happens just as soon as the dotted line is uh, done. Uh, Yusuf, anything you want to add?
2: Oh, absolutely. And it's just going to be brief. So, the first thing it's going to do is reverse the decisions of the slaughterhouse cases of 1873 and the civil rights cases of 1883 which the courts have just not budged from the entire time their rulings in those cases are still being referenced in 2021 and 2022 that's what's going to change Uh, when you take the slaughterhouse cases where the court ruled that the main purpose of the 13th Amendment was to abolish African slavery and its incidents, but it also said that it did not consider prison labor as an incident of slavery because it fell under the exception clause. So that's going to immediately change that rule. Then when you get into the civil rights cases, the civil rights cases – from 18 uh 1883 that separated the 13th amendment from the 14th amendment. Remember the 13th, 14th and 15th amendments were all together. But having that 13th amendment the ruling in the civil rights cases separated it So therefore the due process Or the, uh, the equal protection Clause of the 14th amendment No longer applied to people Who were subjected to the 13th amendment So it's going to immediately change that Max
5: That's a, a good one to point out Definitely it's almost retroactive Because you've got to go back now And negate things that they had been citing Previously as the standard Those standards no longer apply now and so we have to deal with a world where slavery and involuntary servitude under any conditions is not acceptable. And uh, this, it's likely going to have to go to the Supreme Court, uh, if not once, multiple times from different areas that will be challenging these badges and incidents of slavery. You see, the 13th Amendment is a protection for the institution of slavery. That's what it's there for. It allows the mm-hmm. state to you into human chattel to turn you into property to be owned and operated where they can exercise all of the rights of ownership. The only way they can do that is by removing your rights as a citizen and turning you into what they call civil death where you are legally dead to society and you have no rights dead man or dead woman or dead child for that uh, matter. So these cases will have to be uh, stricken as far as being used for precedence and we'll have to have new precedences set I guess the idea that was pointing out here is that there's going to be doors open that have never been opened before and doors that are going to be closed that have been used by slavers for centuries now for 157 years
2: you see? right that's exactly it max I mean the courts have always said in essence look Congress has to do something about it courts can't do anything Section 2 of the 13th Amendment gave Congress the power to to regulate uh the 13th Amendment so until they do something about it this is what it is and then you know even one one uh judge went as far as to say uh something along the lines where he was like uh, well the way it's written if they intended for it to be other than what it was, like they knew the conditions that were going on in prison. So if they intended for the 13th Amendment to abolish slavery inside the prisons, they would have written it as such. And that's what the court wound up ruling. And so now when they go back and they remove the exception clause, repeal and replace on the federal level, it's going to open the doors just like you just said. Lawsuits. Uh, You know, going against all of the human rights violations and also the money games, everything that goes on inside these prisons are going to definitely change because there's no no longer that block because now instead of them just having the rights that are afforded within the inmate handbook, they actually are going to get their basic civil rights back that are afforded to them in the Bill of Rights, Max.
5: Right. And those that they cannot receive, like the Second Amendment, because of the danger to themselves and others around them, have to be negotiated. We have to talk about that. How I going to work that out. And, you know, they'll hustle you to the point where if you serve your time and you get out, you're still not allowed your Second Amendment rights. So we have to keep an eye on things like that. They will try to rob you of your rights for as long as they can. That's what how they sure. got away with what they're doing right now. It's why so many people can't vote uh, in an election. you got to pay taxes. Which can't freaking vote. And to the best of my knowledge, that's taxation without representation. And that is illegal. Exactly. Right. I mean, this is exactly. a monumental effort that we're making right now. I mean, what are your options? You want to keep doing the same things we've been doing? You want to keep following the same strategies we've been following? Uh, you want to keep mm. listening to the same fake leaders who keep leading you in circles like we've been doing? Or do you want to try something that's never been done before, something our ancestors fought and died to achieve? I mean, pick one. And you also have to change your mind about what you're dealing with around here. We can't keep talking about this thing as if it's some mistake somebody made, and we can fix it. That's not how you deal with a crime against humanity. You can't fix a crime against humanity. You can't go back and undo the deaths. You can't undo the enslavement. You can't tweak slavery by giving prisoners bunny slippers and thinking it's going to make everybody happy. That's not how it mm. works. The answer to slavery is abolition, period. There's no compromise with that. And if you see this thing as a crime against humanity, as slavery, what other answer can you pick? So it really starts in your mind, like uh, a brother. Uh, Gil Haran has said The revolution starts in your mind When you change your mind If they keep telling right. you That what they're doing to you Is unsolicited Assisted suicide And you finally realize it's freaking murder You need to change your mind about what you're dealing with
2: <laughs> Right You hit it there Max You hit it right. right there uh,
7: Tag do you want to chime in No, nah, you know, let, let let the church say amen, as they say.
8: Mm-hmm. All right,
5: well, um, we will open the lines if anybody wants to chime in for a few minutes. Uh, press one on your keypad if you've already called in. If not, the number is 515-605-9814. That's 515-605-9814. Remember to press one on your keypad. We'll open up the lines for a couple of minutes when we see uh, hands raised up. All right, man. So yeah, I knew from the beginning that explaining these things was going to be simple from my perspective, but then I'm a little bit spoiled. I got a lot of information. I know a lot of things, you know, but it, it, there is mm-hmm. one thing that, that I kept hearing in the back of my head every time people would propose to me that what we're doing is symbolic and they have to ask us what happens next. What happens after you end slavery? Like, just say that out loud sounds ridiculous, right? What happens? It really does. Slavery? Um, it, it sounds ridiculous, and it tells me that the people who are asking these questions are not using critical thought at all. They're not trying to think about what might happen, and they're not considering the facts of the circumstance. They're still caught in cognitive dissonance and doublethink where they're thinking of this as something that is okay, it's normal. It's people doing bad things and going to prison for it. And if they didn't do bad things, they would never go to prison for it. So what's the problem, right? That thinking is ridiculous. To assume that nobody's in a cage because of wrongful convictions, there's no political prisoners, uh, there's no pretrial detainees, upwards of 12 million being exploited for years behind bars. There's no immigrants being exploited, uh, for-profit industries. There's no for-profit prisons. And nobody ever gets arrested simply because they're black. That just doesn't happen in America. This is what you're thinking when you say that if they don't commit the crime, they won't do the time. So you're you're wrong thinking. Your mind is broken. Fix it. <laughs> Help me out here, man, because I'm
2: about to roll. You know, I'm just thinking when you just said, okay, they're saying, okay, there's no no uh, innocent people in prison, then tell that to Joyce Watkins, who just got released from a Tennessee prison. She, spent, she was wrongful, wrongfully convicted of murdering her niece, her great niece, and spent 27 years in prison, and she just came home this week. Or tell that to all of the people where, you know, we have... The article that came out that's speaking about the uh, detectives who are falsifying DNA reports so they can get false confessions, you know. So tell if, it's if it's this stuff is just, five. right, tell them mm-hmm. about right? the Central Park Five and tell them about uh, Kevin, Kevin Strickland, if right? we could Kevin. just run down a whole list of names of people who have spent. Decades Richie upon cheese. decades in prison. I mean, tell him about Mumia abu Jamal. Tell him about Imam right, yeah. Jamil Al-Amin, formerly known as H. Rap Brown. You know, tell him about Sundiata Akoli. Tell him about Dr. Matulu Sh- uh, Shakur. Dr. Stewart. You know, we can run down. Right, Dr. Stewart, who just, you just heard him. The man said that he has proof. He has alibi witnesses. He has photos of where he was. And he's still sitting on Rikers Island for over three years. He has a In fact, in New York, they have forty to five days to take you to trial. It's not even six months as it is in most places. They have forty-five days. Once they file a thirty thirty motion, they have forty-five days to take you to trial. The man said he's been in there for thirty-four months. Thirty-four months.
5: If you want to see the blueprint, just look at Khalif. Uh, the Khalif Browder story, I think it was called Time, story. you'll see the blueprint right. of how it's done and what they're doing to Dr. Stewart right now and many others just like him all across the country. Um, so when you have this idea that nobody ever goes to prison who is innocent, you're deifying uh, the state. You're diefying a slave state that is known for its practice of slavery. Are <laughs> like you thinking that they are in, infallible? They they just don't do that. Cops never arrest somebody just because they're black. They never stop people on the streets just because they're black or my, or brown. They never uh wrongfully incarcerate people and we know at minimum there's over 100,000 people right now we know that are wrongfully convicted whose cases just haven't gotten seen yet. There never seems to be enough time to get them out. And so they spend 20 30 Forty years behind bars, generating a revenue as property for the state.
2: Right, and you know who's that? Who who actually gets makes it worse? People like Virginia's first black woman lieutenant governor when she said, "We need to move on from slavery." Oh, you know, her man, name is one... Winsome Sears. Right. Again, you know, people uh... like that. Yeah, and I I know that makes your skin boil, Max. So I'll I'll, I'll I'll give you the lead on that story. It, it
5: just you know I just said it earlier. Having black slavers and black slave catchers did not make slavery okay. Because a black governor gets up and says, I mean, not even a governor, a lieutenant governor. Uh, lieutenant says, Hey, I'm a lieutenant governor, and the first thing I want to tell you is get over slavery. Like I, what? You could have had the white people tell us that. We didn't need you to tell us that. We always heard it from him. <laughs> right. They tell us that all the time. you just an echo chamber now. And if you're only there to be an echo chamber, we don't need you there. It's ridiculous, man. Yeah, I get mad about that because people are dying from lack of knowledge. And you got these people up here buck dancing and tap dancing and and looking for a pat on the freaking head. By supporting the things that are killing people just like them. And to say get over slavery when the shit is still legal means you don't have a clue about what's happening in your own society to your own people. That's not the leaders we need. We don't need leaders like that. Those are the people who lead your ass into hell, to lead you to death, to lead you to destruction, to lead you to prisons and jails and addictions and poverty and all the bad things. They lead you to that. We don't need those kind of leaders in our lives anymore. This is a new generation, and we understand clearly what the problem is, and we don't need somebody to tell us what it is. We know what it is, and we also know how to deal with it, and that's what we're doing right here, shaking the very foundations of this system to we are a point where we are a real threat to how this system is structured right now. We are challenging their most sacred laws in their uh, houses of legislation and winning day after day, winning. So, you know, follow who you think is going to get the job done and get us some freedom, liberation, equality, justice, and uh, pull us out of this depths of oppression and discrimination and racism. You have to choose wisely because if you follow the wrong people, you might end up being participants in your own genocide. So what comes next in addition to what we've said already? Well, there's a lot I could say, but I'll be honest with you, bro, I'm not going to say
4: it. Mm -hmm. And,
5: you know, we have these discussions behind closed doors with the Abolish Slavery National Network, with the state ops team, with the individual state efforts uh, amongst ourselves. We we have strategies. We know what's going to happen. We know what we're going to do the next day, uh, next Mm -hmm. year, four years from now. But we don't need to tell everybody that. You don't need to always show your hand, especially when you're dealing with devils. (laughs) That's not a good idea. Let's just deal with the first thing first. End slavery. We've never done that before. We all agree that it's wrong, that it shouldn't exist under any circumstances within a state or a federal constitution. Let's end that first. And then we'll talk about what comes after you end slavery. (laughs) Like, my mouth feels like it's got cotton and it's saying that. <laughs> what happens after we get slavery? <laughs> you know? Right. It is what it is. So with that being said, how about if we just go ahead and play another track, and when we come back on the other side, we'll do a few
2: stories, and
5: then uh, thank our sponsors and get into our final segments. Let's do it. All right. I'm going to play Reverend T.R. Thompson, a quote from him, just a little snippet of something he had to say. Followed by Pepe, John Africa Featuring Cedric Miley You're listening to Abolition Today AbolitionToday.org With these Hellraisers, Max Parthas And Yusuf Hassan We've been joined today by Brother Tag Harmon And we had a call from uh,
1: Dr. Stewart We'll be right back after this Abolition Today What's up folks? This your boy T.R. Thompson, your neighborhood preacher Coming to you with the truth And just remember that it is the truth That'll make you free. I wanna just talk to y'all about something very briefly. Um, and if I had to choose a topic for what I'm about to talk about is stop telling people your next move. Can I say that again? Stop telling people, stop your next people. move. Stop your next stop. move, stop. Stop. Watch this. If the city does try to come in here and get you out, what are you going to do? i going to do what's necessary, man. What is that? But first, understand why he's coming in here. Right. What are you going to do? All
2: right. going to do what's necessary. What is that?
3: The strategy of John Africa. What is that? Our only defense. What is that? The strategy of John Africa.
9: Uh, you aren't telling me anything. You're just saying the strategy. Hey, I wouldn't of John...
3: tell my strategy to you. <laughs> <Andinos>. <laughs> strategy of John from
1: you a jack boy you're a trafficker
3: probably end up locked up in attica because they consider people like me radical they say i'm an animal the hannibal lecture because i get them people lecture yes sir i'm a threat sir give me liberty give me death sir just me and my mind's bird you can see the pain in my eyes and they blood shot red because i'm high you feed us, misleaders, supposed to protect and serve, but you just mistreat us If you kill my brother, pay hey, vacation. But if I kill your partner, lethal vaccination If I kill your dog, I get the same shit. shit. Now ain't that about a battle bitch? Literally about a battle bitch. to lock me in a box, but I'ma get about a it Letting every bullet out that clip into the Strategies of, you, these of you. strategies of dying Africa. Uh, strategies of dying Africa. Uh, strategies, of dying Africa. Uh, strategies of dying Africa. Hey, I wouldn't tell my strategies to you. These of you. Uh, the revolution will be televised, blowing chocolate ties in the vanilla sky uh, The bill uh, of rights is just a bill of lies. Know your rights is only rights you gotta stand your ground of corruption, I would never trust it, motherfucking consequences had to repercussion, I'm disgusting, no justice, when will it ever change, feeling drained, want the world to feel a niggas pain, Fight the power, you public enemy number one Never die a coward, never catch me on the run The misery in Missouri, shout out to Ferguson uh, We getting ready, boy, we dressing up Studying strategies and methods, boy, I'm stepping up Curiosity kills, they want to question us I'm on the move, long live John Africa Strategies John Africa Strategies of John of dying Africa. Hey, I wouldn't tell my strategies to you. Strategies of dying Africa. Ha. Strategies of dying Africa. Strategies of dying Africa. Hey, I wouldn't tell my strategies to you. No disrespect to the move, I'm just trying to spread the news that the system's all wrong and it's designed for us to lose. Designed to keep confused, designed to keep amused, designed to hide the pool. Jews, and they dumbing down the tools They keep passing all these laws but never tell you all the rules They got the people fool They don't even got a clue You know nothing about them but they know everything about you See everything's not true you Better watch what you believe Better stop believing everything you watch on the TV is this the land of the freak Contradictions all I see Where half of the population's independent free now they teachin' sex in elementary. What? Keep it real, you think that shit is a necessity? Is you gon' ride, as you gon' side with the enemy. Get the move alive, John Africa. Rest in peace.
0: Abolition, every day, every day. Every day.
2: You know, that's one of them clips that just makes me want to growl You know, like, argh, like I'm fired up behind that That was the quote from Reverend T.R. Thompson And that was followed up by one of my favorite tracks And that's Payday, John Africa featuring Cedric Miley You know, just, Max, you know how I am about that track, man
5: of the paper dropped
2: right there. Yep,
5: strategies of John Africa, and it's not saying we're following the strategies in John Africa. It's like I wouldn't tell my strategy to you. <laughs> you know, like why right. should we have to be telling you or telling the world what we plan to do next? Let's get this done now. Get this done, and we won't worry about next after that. Especially if you're then not we worry about the
6: things. next.
5: You know, like we got to do this very strategically. We are not just fighting against some little small time entity. We're fighting against the U.S. freaking government and international corporations that are among the largest privately held corporations on the planet with unlimited funds who will kill you just like they did Dr. King. Just like the, uh, Dr. Store said, if I say this, I might end up getting killed. That's the type of people we're dealing with. And you want us to tell them everything? <laughs> It's crazy, and, and around yeah, it doesn't it doesn't
2: make with, sense.
5: We're surrounded by people like this Virginia Lieutenant Governor and Candace Owens and others who will do anything for their white masters. As a matter of fact, let me read a quote from Dr. King. Since so his uh, mm-hmm. holiday is tomorrow, he says, "Although popular Negro leaders are now emerging, most of them." are still selected by white leadership, elevated to positions, supplied with resources and inevitably subjected to white control. The masses of Negroes are suspicious toward this manufactured leader. We have to create leaders that have virtues that we can respect, who have moral and ethical principles that we can applaud. We have to refuse crumbs from the big city machine and demand a fair share of the loaf. And that is from his book called A Testament to Hope. Like he saw it then. He, as a matter of fact, not only did he see it, he was subject to it. Because uh, remember, the lead photographer, one of his uh, mm-hmm. best friends, uh, Brother Withers, Ernest Withers, who was the photographer for mm-hmm. the movement at that time, was also an FBI informant at the same time. Yeah, and at I, the I've same had to deal time. with that in my life. Like, we, I've, I've had at least two agents I know of that have been involved with the movement. And one of them, you know, I we, we face-to-face, we, you know, talk about what this problem is. Uh, and the other one I haven't exposed yet. But that's at least two that's been in my personal life. And while we've been on air, we've talked about a, several others that have in, in, infiltrated this movement, you know? Uh, this is right. what we're dealing with. So why do we need to tell what's going to happen next? Say this out loud with me. What happens after we end slavery, right? And think about how right. that sounds to you. Let's reach the mountaintop before we start talking about how we're going to slide down.
2: Exactly. Let's end slavery first. End slavery first, because, you know, although we've we've had many successes up to this point, we have a huge battle in front of us. Oh, so man. there's no way we can start thinking about next week. And they have a term, you know, like in sports all the time, when you wonder why, like, a really good team gets beat by, like, a bomb team. And it's because they were looking beyond that team, thinking about the team they're going to play next week. No, you worry about what's in front of you right now. We have a huge fight in front of us. We're talking about – Ending slavery, something where when they wrote it, it was written by many slave owners themselves, and so they wanted to ensure a way that they could legally keep this going forever. There's nothing in the Constitution that hints towards that they had an expiration date in mind when they when they put that exception clause in there. They wanted exactly. that to perpetuate forever.
5: And that was the strategy. And then up until now, it's worked. Uh, I think the biggest mistakes they made was getting greedy. Like, if they'd have kept it at the levels that they kept it up during the Civil Rights Movement, maybe everybody would have still been going along with it. We'd have been like, you know, it's not that many people there, and they should have never did anything wrong. Don't do the crime. Mm-hmm. It, would, it would have been, we would have accepted it, even though it was still slavery. But then when Reagan opened up that doorway and started bringing in these for-profit private prisons and along right. – uh, uh, right after the war on drugs by a disgraced President Nixon, and that was followed by Clinton coming in and introducing, along with Joe Biden, uh, the first for-profit international prison organization.
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Oh, man, we went up like 800% in prison population and growing. It just started right. flying through the sky. They just criminalized all of us, you know, to the point where one of the lead uh, attorney generals in the country had to say at any minute, there's 150 million people you can con- consider criminals.
2: Like, if there's 150 million people. Half so the U.S. population.
5: Half the U.S. population. It literally, I'm like a farmland where you just go in and get as many as you need. And because of the racism that's involved in everything, they always go straight to the minority communities, black communities, brown communities to put their slave mm-hmm. catchers there and catch as many as they can so that they, they create this economic engine that creates jobs for them. They create pensions for them. They have to bring in construction and builders and somebody got to make the money suffers, right? <laughs> you know? Right. And they even express right. you to the point where they take you out of your community, put you in theirs, and then count you as citizens in their communities for the purposes of the census. <laughs> like, if that's not a body snatcher, <laughs> what is?
2: But it's uh, only symbolic if we get the exception clause removed. That's yeah. what people will tell you, Max. It's only symbolic.
5: We've seen this even in the schools, you said, where the teachers... Ask the children to fill out, as part of their educational exercise, the pros and cons mm-hmm. of slavery. The pros and cons of slavery. Like, again, how can you say that with a straight face? The Does audacity. Ever say the pros and cons of rape. Does anybody ever say the pros and cons of murder?
2: The pros and cons of,
5: you know, I mean, come on,
2: of genocide? What's I've never heard anyone talk about I never heard anyone talk about the pros and cons of the Holocaust. No, exactly. You would never hear that. You would never hear that.
5: Here in the United States, in our schools, we are asking those questions of our students. uh, Whether or not – tell me some of the pros of slavery. What are the good things about it? And if you listen to some of these speakers, they'll tell you because we have seen many uh, arguments pro-slavery from white and black people. Uh, They will tell you that we're better off. Uh, It helps keep our communities safe. Our communities, during the 90s, they they did the fear-mongering. Look at the crack. The crack is killing you, and you all know it. And everybody said amen. And they said, it's your own people killing you because they're all crackheads. And everybody said amen. And they said, we're going to get you some money and build you some prisons and hire you some cops. And you can get jobs as cops. And you can send these people who are your sons and daughters and cousins and husbands and all that into these prisons who are crackheads in the church said amen. And that's how they got us. We didn't bring mm. damn crack into our community. Talk to Ollie North. Why is his son not in prison?
2: Right. 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 Talk to Ali North. Talk to yeah. talk to Richard C Cord. Uh Ronald Reagan just said, I don't remember. And that cleared him. We know
5: that they targeted our communities, our purpose. We have seen the testimony come from people like Ehrlichman, who was uh, mm-hmm. uh, part of Nixon's cabinet, where he uh, told them publicly that the Nixon administration knew exactly what they were doing, that, they, that it wasn't a war against, on drugs, it was a war against blacks and war protesters. And they said that they could mm-hmm. go in and night after night demonize our communities, our national television, They come in and arrest our leaders, break up our communities and destroy any movements that we were trying to make. That was the whole purpose of it. It had nothing to do with drugs. Drugs was just the excuse that they were using. There wasn't even a problem with drugs at the time. <laughs> but they were making these excuses in order to criminalize entire communities. And they achieved that and got away with it. So, and here and we are fact- now. Go ahead, excuse me.
2: I was going to say Nixon said that when he declared public enemy number one, he said drug abuse. He didn't say drug sales. He said drug abuse. And, you know, so we're talking about people who had addictions. That's who he declared war on. You know, but now people have addictions. Now they live in middle America now, and now it's all about treatment. It's about intervention. It's no longer about prison because it's not those targeted communities, you know, the million-dollar blocks that exist, the the communities where there's um, underrepresentation, there's underprivileged, there's undereducation, there's under everything there is. Yeah, Max. Uh.
5: This, this is what they did. To control our population, to uh, continue with the racism that had been prevalent all along, um, and to use that to specifically target us to the point where 6% of the US population makes up about 36% of the prison population. And we're talking about black men specifically. And we, you know, I understand just from the, the hearing we had in Vermont where one of the representatives said, Uh, You know white people are being incarcerated, too. Yes, white people are being incarcerated, too And let me point out that it's okay for you to care about somebody else's plight simply because they're uh, not Because they're a different color than you They are American citizens. They're human beings just like you You don't have to find a way where it directly affects you for you to give a damn That's not how it's supposed to work if your neighbor is starving and you have food you feed your neighbor you know, you don't say you don't say, Well, I'm not hungry, so they must be okay. I ate tonight. Right. So it must be fine. Uh, that's not how it works. And it's okay to see this crime happening in these specific groups. That's how it works. There's only forty seven million black people in this country, at least according to the census, right? Half of them are men. We're right. talking about 20, 22 million men and boys and babies. You know how many white males there are in this country? It's like 180 million of them or something like that. If you lose a million, it's not the same as 22 million losing a million. It's a right. big difference. It has a bigger effect on communities, on their futures, on their on everything. When you take that many men out of a community, what do you think is going to happen? And if I ask that damn question about apes, you would tell me with scientific certainty what would happen. But you can't say it about human beings. Yeah. See, Max, we're off on you now. I want to say one more thing.
2: You know I'm fighting it, Max. (laughs) Go on, brother. Go on.
5: I I just want to say one more thing in regards to criminalizing groups. People like to think that Jim Crow was all about segregation, maybe partially. The main objective was the criminalization of an entire people based on race, the follow-up on pig laws and black holes, a legal system that fed bodies into convict leasing and debt peonage schemes. If the sign said "whites only and you drank from it, jail was where you ended up, or a large fine you probably couldn't pay if you were lucky. When Rosa Parks refused to move from her seat, the call went to the police department. Police have always been the enforcers of any law, no matter how discriminatory. And until they went on strike and protest of class and vaccine mandates last year, I've never heard of them ever collectively going against any dictate they had been given before, no matter how cruel or unjust. I guess as long as the slave catchers were above the law, it didn't matter, huh? Such discriminatory right. or race. Culturally specific laws exist today, from sagging past laws right here in South Carolina that have caused multiple deaths by police, uh, of black men being murdered, to marijuana prohibition where only certain communities are policed. Systemic oppression, just like slavery, never actually ended. It was remixed for new generations by new generations.
2: what could I say to that? <laughs> you just said a mouthful, man, and you know, you know, I'd go off on a tangent, you know, if I was to uh, start responding to a lot of the things. But you're hitting the nail on the head, man. And it, doesn't it feel good to just rant sometimes?
5: Yeah, every now and then. But there's certain things <laughs> that just really push my buttons. Like you know, stupidity really bothers me because, like Martin said, uh, there's nothing more dangerous than. Uh, conscientious stupidity and sincere ignorance, those two things are the most yeah. dangerous things. They are, and to see that happen, where all you had to do was think, you ain't had to ask me. You could have thought about it for five minutes, but you don't have five minutes to spare. You want me to feed it to you? That's what you want, right?
2: Right, right.
5: <laughs> you, know? you know,
2: because that's—I mean—that's what it takes. If a person comes out and says, "Well, isn't it just symbolic?" Then that means that they're not a critical thinker. Yeah. They're not conscientious. Or or you think been
5: conditioned to the point where your mind is not even yours, where you believe things like everybody who's in prison or jail deserves it. They all deserve it. They should be there. It's their fault. If you're thinking like that, you're broken. You got to be fixed. You got to fix yourself. And you start by changing your mind. When you get new information – you change your mind. That's what I do. I don't know what you do.
2: And that takes it all the way back to how the program started tonight. When you put the Depeche Mode song on, Where's the Revolution? And they say, Where's the revolution? Come on, people, you're letting me down. You've been pissed on for too long. Your rights abused, your views refused, Be late and threatened with terror as a weapon, scare you till you're stupefied, wear you're down until you're on their side. Where's the revolution? Come on, Where's, people you letting me down
5: exactly. and as we pointed out earlier, not said the United States is the only country in the world where you could have a bloodless revolution. Here we are, about to change everything, and we need your help right now, but we're gonna get it done with or without watch
2: with with or without
5: <laughs> with or without you could be pick with or side, without. Because the question is very simple. Is this slavery? And if the answer is yes, then you got to do something about it, whether it's happening to you directly or not. All right. You said, with that being said, we're coming up on the end of our programs and our last segment. So let's go ahead and I want to say thank you, first of all, to uh, Tag Harmon for joining us here today. Tag, any final comments?
7: I will just say, and, and pardon the background sound, I'll, I'll just say that uh, all, all of this has been has been very relevant, and we got to just continue to to build these responses because we're only going to hear more of this as we get that much closer to fully uh, ending this legalized uh, abomination. So, uh, shouts, shouts to y'all as always. Thank you
5: very much, uh, Tag. Thank you. And uh, shout-out to Root and Branch. Uh, out there in New York. Uh, also, thank you to Dr. Stewart. Dr. Stewart, uh, I know this is past, well, you're a, a, a reverend, so you probably see where I'm coming from, but I'm certainly going to pray for you. And uh, we put some information on our website already. We'll try to get you back on here. Uh, it's a shame that so many of our brothers and sisters, men, women, and children, have to endure this type of horror that he's going through right now in real time while it's being pigeonholed into some bucket with a bunch of other problems it's uh, never to be seen again. So thank you to our listeners and supporters who even put up with my rants every now and then. <laughs> definitely, thank you so much. And uh, we'll see you next week uh, and in two, I think it's February 6, February six, we're gonna have Curtis Davis come on. Uh, Curtis Davis mm. is the lead organizer. He's the lead organizer for incarcerated Louisiana, um, and he's also the author of Slave State Evidence of Apartheid in America. Uh, brother is very, very well versed on this issue. I think we're going to have a power conversation. That's February 6th with Curtis Davis. Uh, so until next week, uh, Brother Yusuf, thank you again. Peace, fam.
2: Yes, sir. So uh, I'd like to close out by thanking our sponsors and our partners, Jailhouse Lawyers Speak, the IMW, Ubuntu Prison Advocacy Network, SEMA Urge, Quakers Uplifting Racial Justice, the Paul Coffey Abolitionist Center, Prismatic Dreams, and the Abolish Slavery National Network. Now remember to subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com forward slash abolition today. That's where you'll get all the news, information, and music you'll hear on this program. And remember, Abolition Today is available on all major podcast platforms. Also remember to join the movement at abolishslavery.us to become part of the solution. You can also text end the exception, all is one word, no spaces, you can text in the exception to 52886 and follow the prompts. This will send a signed petition on your behalf to your congressional reps in support of the proposed 28th Amendment to repeal and replace the exception clause to the 13th Amendment. Getting into our final segment of Bridging the Gap, tonight we have Atoba Kugano. And he's going to be speaking on the thoughts and sentiments of the slave trade in 1787 from History Hub. And the song is going to be canon, and it's called Evil. We'll be back next Sunday, January 23rd, God willing, with another master class on slavery abolition. So until next week, think about abolition today. Peace and blessings be upon you all.
0: Peace. Abolition, today, abolition. 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 abolition
10: The whole business of slavery is an evil of the first magnitude and an evil sorry I am that it still subsists. And more astonishing to think that it is an iniquity committed amongst Christians and contrary to all the genuine principles of Christianity. Every man of any sensibility, whether he be a Christian or a heathen, if he has any discernment at all, must think that for any man or any class of men to deal with their fellow creatures as with the beasts of the field, or to account them as such, however ignorant they may be, and in whatever situation or wherever they may find them, and whatever country or complexion they may be of, that those men who are the procurers and the holders of slaves are the greatest villains of the world we appeal to the inhabitants of Europe, would they dare to say that they have not wronged us and grievously injured us, and that the blood of millions do not cry out against them? And if we appeal to the inhabitants of Great Britain, can they justify the deeds of their own conduct towards us? And is it not strange to think that they who ought to be considered as the most learned and civilized people in the world, that they should carry on a traffic of the most barbarous cruelty and injustice, and that many even among them are become so dissolute as to think slavery, robbery, and murder, no crimes? No man can, with impunity, steal, kidnap, buy or sell another man, without being guilty of the most atrocious villainy. And we will aver that every slaveholder that claims any property in slaves or holds them in involuntary servitude are the most obnoxious and dissolute robbers among men. Should the slaveholders say that they buy them, their title and claim is no better than that of the most notorious conniver who buys goods from other robbers knowing them to be Stolen and accordingly gives an inferior price for them. According to the laws of England, when such connivers are discovered and the property of others unlawfully found in their possession, the rightful owners thereof can oblige connivers to restore back their property and to punish them for their trespass. Let the inhabitants of any civilised nation determine if they were to be treated in the same manner that the Africans are by various pirates, kidnappers, and slaveholders, and their wives, and their sons and daughters were to be robbed from them, or themselves violently taken away to a perpetual and intolerable slavery, whether they would not think those robbers who only took away their possessions less injurious to them than the other. The executors of the laws of civilization ought to tremble at the inconsistency of passing judgment upon those whose crimes, in many cases, are less than what the whole legislature must be guilty of, when those of a far greater crime are encouraged and supported wherever slavery is tolerated by law. Every man, as a rational creature, is responsible for his actions, and he becomes not only guilty in doing evil himself, but in letting others rob and oppress their fellow creatures with impunity, or in not delivering the oppressed when he has it in his power to help them. And likewise, that nation which may be supposed to maintain a very considerable degree of civilization, justice and equity within its own jurisdiction is not in that case innocent, while it beholds another nation or people carrying on persecution, oppression and slavery unless it remonstrates against that wickedness and makes use of every effort in its power to help the oppressed. For so, it ought to be the universal rule of duty to all men that fear God and keep his commandments, to do good to all men wherever he can and when they find any wronged and injured by others they should endeavor to deliver the ensnared
6: here
1: yeah, going up can never touch the cap of my own good my own Blue just another gang in my neighborhood. What size? You got good guys, you got bad guys on the same field. My people stay trying to find a with the same ones. Gotta hate them. And that's evil. I woke up and feeling like Moses. Why do people still believe that they own us? It my family woke up and eased. Doesn't mean I belong where they want She get my black man. I got a real wife. I got a real life. I got a family. You ain't listening when we said that we nail Calling, kept in the week, go in the plan B. Why you got to go we for a way where I feel. Been around cops. Yeah, now I'm a when I see it's dead. Cause your daddy said I was the eye. Uh, Taking time. You keep claiming it's ignorance, tell me can and how we supposed to be different I shouldn't know more about the history, how they treated this because of my pigment. <laughs> what you said get the facts, all facts, get the whole truth, trust them spare <laughs> You can serve with a statement from offices, double killer is neon in air Then <laughs> we own one, well, forget it, I've been on the tide Organize what you gon' do to me, hip over tables and chairs Incinerate them, but I'm burned down your own community Tried
6: the same old
1: system, tired of the same old victim, tired of the same old talking, you. you ain't even listening. Niggas, be gay, reeve but we can reeve that's the culture, that's the culture. Are you scared to feel for your life with guns out the holster? Yeah, niggas is tired of murder. Yeah, I said that niggas tired of the same verdict. I'm so sick of tired of giving verses. I'm so sick of tired of no work. Don't you stop and fix before you stop the witness. That's a real person. real person. Let them bullets find somebody down and that wasn't worth it. Every part of my body inside of me, feeling ready to go right ride But my family is all that I got. Should I catch up back and keep it aside? What should I worry about? What you don't understand my people, I that with the pig. Tell me how I'm supposed to be fine When my black people die again and again No, don't call me, no, don't text me I don't want empathy, don't try to check me You do not get to tell me how to feel When no reality, you do not respect me I got love for the right ones, for the wrong ones Only God can judge you This ain't the old times, but my people tired So it's hard to tell you what they want to yeah. Growing up, could never trust a cop of my own good My own, yeah Black and blue, it's just another gang in my neighborhood What's that? You got good guys, you got bad guys on the same field My people, stay trying to find a the same ones, gotta hate them That's evil, yeah. Yeah. That's evil I cannot breathe, yeah Can't tell evil That's evil I cannot breathe this evil. evil That's evil I cannot breathe
5: Abolition. 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 today. Abolition. today. Abolition. today. Abolition. 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 Hey, this is Max Park. just one more time. If you like what we're doing here at Abolition Today, you can help support us by making a donation to the Paul Cuffey Abolitionist Center. Our catch is is AbolitionCTR. That's AbolitionCTR with a capital C and a capital A. Of course, you put the dollar sign in front of that. And our PayPal is AbolitionistCenter at gmail.com. Thanks again, and peace. See you next week.